didn't. Oh, we're live now. <laughs> Beautiful. What's up, everybody? Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody in between on the spectrum, whatever your fucking pronoun is. Welcome to episode number 92 of No Bucks Given right here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel and the Horny Goat Podcasting Network, wherever you are listening to us from, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, or whatever the fuck it's called now, Apple Music. I can't keep track anymore. iHeartRadio, uh, the Space Tub, Hubble Telescope, wherever the fuck you guys are listening to us from. Welcome. Appreciate it. This is the show where we talk about everything and anything we want to uh, talk about what's going on in the world today. Uh, we've got uh, some interesting topics this uh, this evening to discuss. Uh, first off, basement. Love the background you selected. I really like that um, Christmas little cabin, little cabin in the uh, by the river out in the middle of nowhere, uh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why you gotta? That's how every house looks in Canada. I somehow really <laughs> doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> That's about a seven million dollar house in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I say up in Northeast, it's probably about. Um... Oh God, that's probably at least a couple million at this point with the way the real estate uh, is going. But anywho, we got uh, we got the usual crew with us. We got uh, baseball. We got JP for now and Heather. Uh, what's going on, everybody? How's y'all? I know, I know this is a loaded question. How's everyone doing this weekend? I, 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 I am feeling a little better, but I am still not feeling like I can give my full gusto. gusto oh, that's close. With, I'll give you my full this, gusto. This, whatever it is that I have, and I think it's a sinus infection slash flu slash cold hmm. slash bubonic plague. <laughs> bubonic plague is it can't kill me this week i did not work at all this week i didn't do shit i did the dishes once i think the only thing that i have done is we did go over to my aunt and uncles and then we went over to my aunts today that's all we've really done we haven't done nothing it's I fascinating how like anything not not to say like that you're experiencing like a little cold, but like it's funny how like sometimes those like those like type of like like winter or seasonal colds will just fuck you up. Well, usually, usually for me they don't like I can usually handle them. This one I I can, Heather can vouch for it. This one I I've done nothing, wanted to do nothing but sleep the whole time, and it's not COVID because I took a test. That's even, so, the, that's even the worst part is to not know what the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. I I think it's just a it's a it's a flu with a with the cold and sinus, which causes sinus infection at the end, which is where I'm at. Wendy's still fighting it a little bit, but she really we thought she would took a turn for the worst today on the way to my aunt. She puked in the car. Puked in the car and it was full on phlegm. It was nothing. But phlegm. Oh, I know, oh, I know. Wendy. That's that's poor fucking, Wendy. That's what's been happening with and, me. Like a happy birthday, to Wendy, by the way. <laughs> was her yeah. birthday today? Yeah, I just yeah. She, I was like, oh, happy birthday, she, by the way. She she shrugged it off and moved on with the day and played with her cousins today. So it. Man, I miss that those days of immortality, like when you were yeah. a kid, where like nothing could. Like, it takes a lot to put like a kid down for good. 
That's a weird <laughs> sentence, but <laughs> I mean, I, 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 out of context, we're monsters. In context, it's worse. Uh, no, but no, I, I do miss those days where it's like, hey, uh, your kid hasn't slept in like three days, and I'm pretty sure they have some sort of like some sort of ammonia. Yeah, they're they're cool. They just oh, watch this cartwheel. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> they're they're fine. They're fine. Rub yep. some dirt on them on their forehead. They're they're good to go. I do miss yep. that. Uh, we got the usual uh, wonderful cohorts in the chat. As always, we got Federico. We got Alpha. We got our Paul Arzol. Uh, we've got Aru Shinchu and Neos. What's up, everybody? Appreciate all your support. Make sure you guys are new here. Subscribe, like, comment, share all that fun jazz. Rate us on your favorite podcasting platform so we can get more eyeballs uh on the uh on the show and uh yeah ruse like let's talk about the elephant in the room uh which is of course that jp farted and i did i literally did oh. fart i did i did that's fart. why the camera is not on <laughs> <laughs> that a visible first that's that's fucking that's that was fucking hilarious that's why the camera's not on because he farted um all right i guess we'll just jump right into it we we collectively um last night watched uh WWE Survivor series, which uh personal note God damn it, that was perfect timing. (laughs) And scared the shit out of me at the same time. So that was not not, so that's why my camera's off. So um personal note, Survivor Series is actually one of my favorite pay-per-views that's been around for a while. Uh obviously uh, there's a couple of War Games matches. We'll talk about the overall show uh, in and of itself, but also the big elephant in the room, which is, of course, the fact that there was a major, massive return uh, for the first time in a long, in a long. T- actually, there's technically three, but yes, uh, the big, the big return. Not Randy Orton. Not Randy Orton. We're talking about the legend, the man who got the biggest uh, reaction, or one of the biggest reactions of the evening. Our uh, truth is back. Yes, and he had ruffles. He had chips doing whatever the fuck he was doing. <laughs> he was hiding behind a fucking the sofa. The funny thing about that whole segment is that the pre- the, the the pretty deadly and and uh, Otis were arguing over whether it was a chip or a crisp. And our truth comes out, and he says, "Well, he doesn't come out. He, you know, they like you need to pick those up. Otis is going to kick the fuck out of pretty deadly, right?" And he pops up and he goes, I've been listening the whole time. And it's not a chip and it's not a crisp. It's a ruffle, which was the funniest thing about the entire show. That, he saved that segment. He saved that segment. I will say that much right now. But it was good to see him again because he does bring some of that he comic relief. The comic relief with the ability to actually wrestle. He can wrestle. I, uh, I, first off, Whatever sort of evil voodoo magic or witch doctor he has uh, gotten a hold of to never age. Yes. Uh, yeah. God damn. Dirty for life. I, kn- I know the phrase black don't crack, but let me good, good Lord. He's <coughs> he just, the, the man does. The man does not age. I, I don't understand yeah. what, what his, what his secret is. Yeah. I think someone asked him that on like a live stream. He's like lots of, like, he just like in his voice, like lots of carrots and then just moved on to whatever the fuck. Like we just, it just <laughs> moved on with whatever the fucking, point of the conversation was um 
rapid fire uh we'll, we'll save obviously the big big return because there's a lot to talk about the big big return uh but some quick uh, rapid fire overall thoughts about uh survivor series in in, in itself we had the uh, men's and women's war war games matches Rhea ripley and zoe stark for the women's title uh santos escobar versus dragon lee and i completely blank on the third singles match what the fuck was the third singles okay, match gunther versus miz gunther. yes gunther versus miz yep I do, I do like that they took all of the filler out of the pay per view. The pay per view, like they didn't have like twenty matches, and all of them were filler matches. They, they, they took out the filler, which made it a watchable paper premium live event. I'm gonna say Plug. they made it watchable. Go ahead. Go ahead, basically. No, I just I said plus. As in premium live event. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Like it, the, the one thing you'll see with Triple H, and we saw it in NXT, is they'll sh- they'll give their uh, the matches they'll the matches that they're going to showcase. They'll give them a bit of time to actually work, and mm-hmm. they won't overload the pay per view with too much. And you also probably won't see many pay per views go above the three hour mark anymore. I don't think. It's um, takeover. Yeah. And like I mean, for me, that's like you're you're there to watch wrestling and the payoff of of the weekly programming. You don't necessarily need all the fucking bullshit. You're there for like the that that's the I mean it's the main events. That's the fucking culmination of what you've been working towards for the most part. So I mean, I thought Survivor Series overall wasn't too bad. I mean, I like the gimmicky matches. I I. Eh. Like the War Games match, it's like one and done. And we were discussing this when yeah. we were watching it. It's like, if I've seen one, I've seen them all. I haven't really seen one that's like one done by like modern day WWE that has really been different than any of the others. All the spots are the same, all the hype is the same, and all pretty much what happens in the match is the same. Uh, the women's Ooh. match, that was the one that opened the card. It, it yeah. was it was solid. So I liken the War Games match to a multi-man Hell in a Cell match is all it is. It is. Um, The only difference is you... Well, actually, there's not much difference, to be honest. I don't... (laughs) I I, I understand why they have two of them. I do agree with Basement. Everybody complaining about it, you might as well stop because it's never not going to be a thing. And you can still complain about it. I'm not saying, I'm just saying you're wasting your breath complaining about it because you know why they're never not going to do that? Because if the men are going to do it, the women have to have a match. And if they do that, WWE is going to be stuck in this, Oh, they just don't give a shit about women's wrestling. Well, if you've I, been paying attention, they really don't give a shit about women's wrestling. If you look at the championship match that they had, they really didn't fucking build anything to it. And they've no. been doing nothing, doing nothing but feeding people... Beating females or women to Rhea Ripley, which makes no fucking sense. Hold on, hold on. Before you keep going, I just have to applaud you for that beautiful <laughs> setup because you're like, a lot of people say that they don't give a shit about women's wrestling, and they don't give a shit about women's <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> like, but, yeah, I, I, if, they did, if they did, 
they would have built somebody to actually possibly beating Rhea Ripley. That's the whole business of what they're doing. I, I, EO Sky is a better champion than Rhea Ripley is, in my eyes. I agree with that. I, I think EO Sky, uh, what they see in Rhea Ripley, I get. I get it. I don't hate Rhea Ripley, but where is she? What? Do you, what where is she? She's stuck in with these four clowns that have fucking no direction. One is going to have no direction when the fucking group splits up. One will. One has, but is a has-been, and one is a big, apparently a bobblehead. <laughs> so, he does have a big fucking head. I, I, I just... You don't see I it, just okay. There's a couple I, things. This is, why, this is why I said they don't give a shit about women's wrestling. They only do... They only have women's wrestling because they want to be all-inclusive. That's it. I, okay. I'm not shooting on women's wrestling, but nobody does women's wrestling right anymore. Uh, well, that's because the women don't do women's wrestling right. But uh, the first thing I want to address is that the Judgment Day, the Judgment Day stable, uh, should have like that's a stable that should have been destroyed a while ago. And the only thing that's kept it together is a storyline that is not for everybody with Dominic Mysterio and fucking Rhea Ripley and the mommy shit. Uh, like, that is somehow <laughs> keeping that stable alive. The rest of the stuff nobody really cares too much about. It's a waste of a bunch of talent. Uh, when it yeah. comes to the war games, I actually don't agree that they need to do both a women's and men's war games. The matches are so similar that they only really need to do one. I And it's weird because I think when it comes to the Royal Rumble, they need to do a women's and a men's. But with war I, games, they don't. I really don't think saying, they do. I, I agree with that, actually. I'm not saying that I disagree with you. I do agree with you. I just don't think they're ever going to not have I don't, both of them on the same night. So I don't think they get hit with the, like, equality, uh, the chiming in of equality for women if they just did one or the other at uh, Survivor Series War Games. I honestly well, don't, especially they when they do. do, like, the Royal Rumble with both. They do. They do. Because I see it. People are like, oh, well, they, well, there was a match that they did. Hell in a Cell match. I want to say it was a Hell in a Cell match. They did a Hell in a Cell match, and everybody's on fucking social media. is like, how come they didn't have a women's Hell in a Cell match? If they're doing one for the men, how come they're not doing one for the women? Yeah, but those are people that are going to bitch about everything anyway. Honestly, I, I wouldn't kowtow to that. And I get what you're saying, yeah, and I understand why they do it. I'm not, I'm not saying that they should. But, but I think I, they could I, get I, away with it without doing so men's and women's at war games. This, 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 this might be a bit of a poor example, but I, I think I I think I know what you're referring to, Base, or like I, I get the vibe that you're you're talking about. It's like it's almost like when they were ironically pigeonholing these pay-per-views with special these specialty match pay-per-views. Um, where like you have to have this type of match in order to do it. And I remember there was like one remember when they had Hell in the Cell as a pay-per-view way back when? Mm -hmm. Uh I rem I remember when like one of the first ones they did it they did Sheamus versus Randy Orton. This is when Sheamus was like first getting like in the main event push. It was right. Sheamus versus Randy Orton for the first time ever for the WWE Championship. So it's not like they had a WWE uh, title match before this. So their first pay-per-view or PLE play, uh 
uh, match was he- inside Hell in the Cell. It's like that. That's a that's that's very ass backwards and unnecessary. You don't need to have that. It doesn't need to have that. So I I I, I feel like it's in the same in the, in a similar vein of that where it's like I get the idea of being of, of doing this for equality's sake, but like you don't have to do it if you don't need want to, to do it. <laughs> Honestly, they could have had just the women's war games match. And as long as the rest of the card was actually good and had storylines leading into it, I don't think anybody would give a shit. And then next it, year do the men's. Do whatever now. like do whatever team or group storyline is most important at the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I, I get it. JP, you're 100% right cuz that's not the way WWE thinks. It's like they got into this I, mindset I w- where it's like if the men do it, the women have to do it, and we have to stick to that. That's slowly that I think that's slowly it, changing though. I think it like I would for, hope. Oh. I, well, I honestly feel like for the last five or six years, the women the, the, when they started like getting the women's division actually decent. Then they started mm-hmm. doing that. They're like, "Well, we've got a pretty good women's division, and they can do." Like the whole idea was, if the men can do it, the women can do it. But then the women's division fucking crumbled under itself, and then you're stuck with if the men can do it, the women can do it, but the women can't do it because they're not willing to do it, and they're right. shit. <laughs> well, I I will admit that like even like that in general women's women's wrestling in the especially in this last year and, and in general when triple h books uh is weak <laughs> like it's it's one of the criticisms i have of like triple h's booking but i can tell that like you can you can 1000 percent tell he's trying well i you think it's i don't really... actually blame triple h honestly i think it's he's trying to recover a product that killed itself while he was like in and out of fucking booking and in and out of being in charge, because we, we saw him, we saw him in control of a women's division in NXT, and it was fucking yep. great. So it's not like he can't do it. It's just like the product has been back and forth, and the the, the diva aspect of the women that they don't want to let it go is inherently going to always kill the women's division. Uh, by the way, just a little quick side note. Uh, Paul Arzola in the chat, and it's a great segment just in terms of the general of, the, of these pay-per-views. He said, we don't need a seven to a six to seven hour uh, hours of a pay-per-view or PLE that doesn't pay anything off. And I 1,000 no, percent agree that. Right. And I, I, I don't think they're, you're ever going to see that. With Triple H, you're not going to see that. You might see... Minus Mania. Mania, you will, is still going to be a two-day event, but it's probably going to be five to six matches per day. And it's qu- it's that, quality over quantity. Yeah. So he's doing what he did last night was quality over quantity, but Sai just the two the two war games matches were pretty good. They were more for storytelling, but they didn't. And I can agree to a certain extent. I'm starting to lose my voice. I can agree to a certain extent that they didn't do a very good job of storytelling. I, this to me, and I'm not saying this necessarily in a bad way, but in terms of like going against it, this did not feel like one of the big four pay-per-views. It felt like more of a middle-of-the-road pay-per-view, yeah. which is not never, it's, ever, it's not that I hated it. I've never been a fan of Survivor Series. I felt like uh, Survivor Series could be very good, but in order to do it, you have to do the brand split right, and you have to have things worth something. Well, I think when like, they like Paul's when, well, let's keep in mind that 
Triple H brought back general managers. He brought back GMs, which and I think it, it's just which is great. So you're going to get you know how we always talk how we're going to get that. Every once in a while, you'll see the interaction between the two brands every once in a while, but you won't see it all the time. Where we'll finally build. I think they're going to go back to what Survivor Series actually should be intended for in today's wrestling. Um, The winner of War Games gets the pick... The winner of it gets number 30 spot at Royal Rumble. Or, you know, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but something to that effect. They're going to get rewarded with something. That, in my honest opinion, is the best, especially with them eliminating Crown Jewel from the interim. Uh, You should have the result. Survivor Series, because you're having brand versus brand for the most part, you can't conclude a lot of storylines. So you have to have something on the line. And that thing that makes the most sense would be 30th entrant in the Royal, Royal Rumble. And it's not, not necessarily the person, but which team wins it. It's I, like, I think, too, like they added GMs a bit too late in the year to kind of make Survivor Series that's work. What, that's what I was going to say. And I Agreed. think him doing that now is going to carry over into the next, next year. year. It, it, yeah. it, what they What he had to do, what he had to work with for this pay-per-view was okay. We'll get into what I thought was not okay, and I think Basement <laughs> knows what I'm going with here. I mean, Survivor Series as a whole was a very mediocre pay-per-view. And the one yeah. thing I've noticed with Triple H taking control is we don't get the highs and lows of the past, but you get a steady okay, which is wild because I know he's capable of more than that. But I think they're what trying to write a term? ship. I think they're trying to write a ship. And and I know the yeah, long-term oh, yeah. booking and stuff like that. It's just like at some point in time, you do have to have some payoff. And that payoff doesn't only need to be at WrestleMania. You have okay, to have so... multiple payoffs throughout the year. And when you start – like, pad- like he, he fucking treading water is something Triple H does a lot because he – scared to fucking pull the trigger on things we, we talked about this when we were watching it last night go ahead no guy okay. i'm just saying in general that that what oh, we basically made that point last night he's right heather do you got anything no you're all hitting it on the head pretty much with everything they need they, they, to decide what identity they want to follow with triple h being at the helm now and they need to step away from long-term storytelling to a point. They need to be a little bit more concise with ending things that need to be ended or start things that need to be started. You know? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things Triple H will face as a, a problem is how big the WWE is. Like, yes. It's a lot easier to book an NXT, a one brand where you have X number of people and you have a clear vision for what you want to do with each division. But WWE is huge and you're essentially booking three brands. Yeah. And making them, well, especially two that have to intertwine every now and then. It, it becomes <laughs> to the point where it's it's so large that not, it can never be great. 
Well, Sean's got his eye on one of them. Not eyes, but eye. <laughs> Cyclops. One of them. Um, all right, rapid fire. Uh, favorite or uh, favorite match moment thing from the pay-per-view? Thing you did not like the most from the pay-per-view? So we're going to leave the CM Punk, Punk talk away from this for now. Yeah, that's, yep. Yeah, okay. yep. Because that's, that's its own mountain. Uh, I hated some of the choreographed moments in both War Games matches. Some, not all, but the Bianca Belair spot with her hair in the women's match, I was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, it was And so the everybody Randy Orton DDT, <laughs> except for the fact that he was like, <laughs> pussy shit, fuck, <laughs> or whatever the fuck he said before he DDT'd. Uh, it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the downfall of those multi-man matches, especially War Games, because War Games is like super spot fest, and it's always the same spots almost. Uh, but uh, uh, my question to you guys too is that the pay per view was three hours long, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Wrestling wise, out of that three hours, we probably got half of that, right? So say we got an hour and a half of actual wrestling, right? I can like tell that. you right now, you are correct. The vignettes didn't take that long, but it's more the entrances. Yeah. So like in ring action, let's see, an hour and a half. Honestly, like sixty five percent of that was war games. Matches. Yep. Those, it was too much match, war games. <laughs> each war games match lasted over thirty minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can never have too much war games. <laughs> it was too much war games for me. That's the problem. And I, I guess the that's the thing I just like the most. I don't mind the three-hour-long pay-per-views, but I don't. I don't know how I feel about. And again, I do agree with the War Games matches. I do agree that they should be... Like, the one War Games match should be at SummerSlam. And yeah, one being... Do the women's at SummerSlam one year, do the men's at Survivor Series, and then mix it up the next year. It's not... Mm-hmm. like it's not. I don't understand how they don't come to these conclusions, ever. Again, I know why. And it's just, it is what it is. Is it right? No. But that's, I can tell you that's why they do it. But I do think the other thing that hurt this pay-per-view mm-hmm. was the fact that outside of the War Games matches, uh, in, in terms of other matches, there's nothing really to talk about. None of them were that great to me. The best one was okay. And that was Santos Escobar <laughs> and Dragon yeah, Lee. Uh, the other two were uh, <laughs> that's a, it basically felt like a regular Raw or SmackDown match that was almost throwaway. The Rhea Ripley match was absolutely horrible. That was zero to ten because all yeah, they did that, was, that was fucking that was my worst in the ring doing rest holds on each other for ten I hours. I will stand by that it was not Rhea or not Zoe Stark. Well, they, nobody no. gives a shit about her. Well, they wanted yeah. Rhea Ripley to go out there and work the audience. That was the whole idea. But that otherwise, there's no reason to put a thousand rest holds on someone. But they over—I think they overestimate the popularity of Rhea Ripley as a star, single star, yeah, and not yeah. attached to the grand scheme of the mommy fucking Dominic Mysterio shit. Their segments outside of wrestling are more entertaining. I, do not care, and this is why I do not care about Rhea Ripley because she's stuck in Judgment Day. I do not. I I like Rhea Ripley. I really do. 
I praise her. She she is probably one of the best wrestlers on the roster. The problem is she's stuck being a fucking. I I don't even know what the fuck she is. Well, in the thing is, she's not a wrestling heel. She's a vocal heel, and that's the problem. She like she can't. She's not good at it. In terms no, of like working the audience, yelling at them, screaming at them. Yes, in moments like when she like snaps at fans walking up to the the ring and things like that. That's fine. But like in a really slow match with a bunch of rest holds where the audience is basically going back and forth with her, it just doesn't work. There's not enough there for her to be respected as a singles wrestler. <laughs> She's been attached to Judgment Day and it's a detriment to her. Yeah, I, I... Sorry, I was reading the chat. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I I I get what they're trying to do with her, but I think she's more popular than I think they think she's more popular than she really is. Well, they're not capitalizing on it the right way. All of her popularity is stemming from Dominic Mysterio. It's I... a lot. Okay, well, there's there's a shared popularity there. She's it's like a tale of two people. You can't have her be that and have her be the right, single well, star and have both don't, be. Yeah, they don't know what to do with her. I understand. That's what I'm saying is they don't know what they want her to be or, or do with her per se. In yeah. it, per, personally, I thought I'm surprised they didn't break her off from Judgment Day sooner, at the very least. Um, but it's not like she's even like the focal point of. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very weird. Like. She remember like she was like the focal point of the group for a while, and just all of a sudden backseat like it's fucking yeah. bizarre. Well, they it, keep, they keep I, changing because the audience reaction is uh, it's with Dominic Mysterio. It's it's why it, it's kind of like a group that mo- a lot of people it's it's either hit or miss for you. <laughs> for me, like I mean, I look at the group. I'm like, it's a miss for me because I think Dominic Mysterio is a terrible wrestler. I think any of the heat he got <laughs> is because they pushed him to the fucking moon. And because he was attached to people way better than him. And yes, he can speak and yes, he's like, he's getting heat, but it's that heat. That's like, once this role diminishes, he's fucking, what is he? The convicted felon. (laughs) (laughs) I say it with air quotes, but I guess Um, my problem with Survivor Series was the, the matches outside of the war games matches weren't good. And the War Games matches were the same. How dare you? Gunter and Miz was a classic. <laughs> it was not. No. So much no. so I completely forgot about it. <laughs> uh, Heather, favorite, least favorite? Least favorite was the women's War Games match. Favorite was Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar. Why didn't you like the women's War Games match? Why in the fuck... Not just Bianca Belair with the hair, but why is in the like... fuck is Shotzi Blackheart taking a chair <clears throat> to Bailey's hand and just barely tapping it? Yeah, that was oh, yeah, I saw that. Hi-ya! Also... She literally just went, oh, I think she <laughs> lost. I think she lost control of the chair. It happens. I get it. Yeah. it I'm not got snippicking. I, I, I lost control of my bladder. <laughs> <laughs> my, he farts my, my favorite match is Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee. My least favorite was Rhea Ripley, and it's a tie. 
between Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark, and I not it's not Zoe Stark's fault. I don't think that Rhea Ripley is as good as people think she is, and 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 Gunther and The Miz was terrible. Oh, I think Gunther and Miz was a, at least a step above. Oh, for sure, Zoe Stark yeah. and Rhea Ripley. I'm not saying I, it was it was bad, but that match was I didn't horrible care for either one. And I I felt the same about both of them. They were just there to fill that. So any if if you really wanted to have filler, those were your two filler matches. I, I like the so, women's war game match more than the men's because I saw it first. So <laughs> real, real quick side. <laughs> so so quick so quick side note. Um, that was not the initial plan. I believe the initial plan was to do a triple threat between Gunter, Miz, and Ricochet, and oh, they had a I fatal really four way. <laughs> <laughs> and throwing Eddie Guerrero for to, to boot. Uh, but they were supposed to do a double pin finish for the Fatal 4-Way number one contendership on Raw. Ricochet picked his shoulder up for whatever fucking reason, so that's why it wasn't in the match. So I, I think given what they could do with it, I think they did as, as best as they could do given the situation. Uh, yeah. Gunter has clearly had better matches. I am not going to... that there You were going to get zero argument if you were in that one, but there were, some, there were some fun moments in there. There was at least that versus compared to... Zoe Starks, who already got a women's title shot at Crown Jewel and a Fatal Five, it's fucking yeah. It's it's so ass backwards with the booking on that one. Well, um, they did they did do it to where <clears throat> she won a battle royal, so they they there was a reason why she got another title shot. They just didn't hand it to her. I'm just surprised they didn't capitalize from her getting the. I don't know. It's 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 bizarre to me, but yeah, I'm with you all that the, the Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark was the work. It almost one. feels like um, a throwaway pay per view, honestly. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it doesn't. Yeah. It, I think I think the biggest detriment to that is that like it's the 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 aura of it being a big four. It did not feel like a big four. No, it's, it hasn't felt like it that felt for like a long it, time. But I thought the inclusion of war games would have upped it from mm-hmm. the past. It did not for me. Next year, I th- I think next year it's going to be better. I think next year it's going to be better. Like what to to your guys's points about like the GMs, the brands, and and maybe they'll fucking hell. We're not getting another pay per view until the Rumble. There, there's I mean unless you count the NXT special uh, that's in two weeks. There's I don't. no, no. NXT. There's, there, there's no PLE until the Rumble. Which fuck it, I'm fine with that because give them yeah. give them a goddamn break. I mean, deadline um, does actually look like a pretty good. <laughs> Right now, yeah, it's it. Was it Baron Corbin versus Elijah Lila? I think I think Ilya, I think Baron Corbin might win that match. I mean, I'm, I actually might want to watch that. I'm not gonna lie, that sounds like a very intriguing because Baron, I think I think they are going to bring Ilya Dragunov up to beat Gunther for the Intercontinental title. If not, if not soon, then save it he for is literally the last person to beat Gunther. Gunther. Gunter, faster than lightning. Gunter, no thanks for asking. <laughs> well, if, if you want to know, <laughs> I'm Gunter. Thanks for asking. If you want to know how to book a Goldberg, just ask Triple H how he's booking Gunter. Exactly. Gunter has not lost in like over a year and a half. I, I do feel strongly that Gunter doesn't need to be a guy that never loses it's just like in the era of fucking roman reigns never losing uh he doesn't need to be that kind of guy i don't think you there's a call for that i mean especially because i don't think gunther yes he's like physically imposing but he's not like fucking brock lesnar or anything like that 
it's which which is which is one of the reasons I like him actually to be honest with you. It's not like he's not like this like fucking beefcake powder like powerhouse. He's a stiff strong style wrestler that you know has just been positioned in this dominating speed. Like he, he's he's done a very very good job of like yes, he has been Intercontinental Champion for over 500 days, but he can be beaten. It's just a matter of finding the right person, place, and time. I just want to. I just want to point a couple of things out in the chat. <clears throat> I understand, like like Aaron, uh, basically cheap cop out just for people to in catering to get a free paycheck for almost nothing. What all of you don't realize is that when they get a match, and I understand that we, well, they don't all deserve to be there, you get a bonus. This is like their Christmas bonus getting a match at WrestleMania, they get a little bonus for, for wrestling at WrestleMania. That's why you see so many people wrestling <clears> at <throat> WrestleMania. And That's I what the Battle Royal is for. It's, it's, it's Vince. Not anymore. <laughs> it, it was Vince saying here, thank you guys for doing all of, all of this stuff for us. We're going to give you a little extra and a match at <clears> WrestleMania. <throat> There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't think that having it be a 12-hour pay-per-view is a good idea, which is why they split it up into two days. Well, I, I, don't, I don't mind that. I don't think, like, uh, me personally, if it comes to uh, giving an extra, getting an extra paycheck and giving some, like, WrestleMania time, uh, to talent, it's not a bad thing. It's just you have to make sure that you're not doing that at the detriment to the product you're putting out there. Well, right? that's so... why the, 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 the battle royals were such <clears throat> a big part, and they put them on SmackDown. They should have left them on WrestleMania so that that way you can do that, and then you put it on the fucking pre-show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, use the pre-show oh, to highlight. Like, okay, like. When we watched New Japan, right, the first like fucking hour or hour and twenty minutes of the show, it wasn't really a pre-show, but that's where they had all these multi-man matches until they got right. to the real shit. They can do mm -hmm. that, you know. Load the pre-show with a bunch of people because you, as a viewer, have the option to skip the pre-show, and they never right. really put anything on the pre-show that's any of any importance to the actual fucking main show. So I, I feel like having that dividing factor, you still give the people the WrestleMania moment if they want to be out there, and you give them a bump in pay, and you give the audience that like timestamp of like if you want to watch it, you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally, but it's when it's like they try to shove everything and the extension of the re like you have two nights at WrestleMania and they're both five hours <laughs> long. It's like that. There's no need. There's really no need. And that's that's kind of where it becomes a bit ridiculous. So so since that was Survivor Series, I guess we might as well talk about the wonderful elephant in the room that everybody I'm pretty sure everybody had the same reaction uh, in the group that, yes, is a cold day in hell that CM Punk has signed back with WWE. Who yeah. where to start? OK, uh. <clears throat> I'm just going to say this right at the top. And Cody said it best in his presser. If he's here to help, by all means, please. But if he's here to do nothing but fucking cry and complain about not getting the top spot because of who he is, what the fuck are you doing? Because <clears throat> I still, th I really think that 
Seth is pissed off. From what I'm seeing, Drew McIntyre is pissed off. People don't like this guy, and there's a reason why. <clears throat> I don't care for the I'm never, ever, ever going to be a CM Punk guy, ever. The only memorable thing he's ever done is the pipe bomb. The, well, I didn't hate him when he was in WWE the first time. Because he had some... It was really good TV when he was there. Because he he made John Cena what he was. He helped make John Cena what he was. Right? Mm -hmm. I just don't think... I think Triple H is doing it, and, and I hope I, I, with everything Triple H has done, I'm going to give it a chance. If he comes back to do the work and put in the work and not expect to be handed shit like he was last time, which is part of the reason why he left in the first place, I'm all for it. Because it'll make WWE better and it'll make wrestling in general. If this doesn't get AEW to fucking grow up and actually put out good quality entertainment, nothing. Will. I don't think anything will. This is this is AEW's chance to say, okay, let's stop playing fucky fuck time and let's actually fucking put together a really uh -huh. good quality program. I love fucky fucky time. What do I mean by you know fuck around? <clears throat> yeah. So um I went I, I went back into my old bag of tricks of of, of reaching out to some people and uh so I, I did my as much digging as I could about this back like when I was doing the okay fave stuff as far as really trying to get as much detailed information about <clears throat> exactly what the fuck happened and what what the fuck happened. And all the details and everything, because there's a lot to uncover. And the first thing I'll just say is, before I go into this long diatribe of explaining everything that I've read and seen so far, is please take everything I'm about to say <clears throat> with a grain of salt, because it's coming from different sources and different outlets and different mediums. Uh, things could be changed. Other information could be revealed. Thing, you know, th th shit. Th things have changed in 24 hours, and there's even still stuff that is on the fence as far as what I've heard, as far as reactions and who knows what you know all this stuff so just <clears throat> take all the stuff that i'm about to say with a grain of salt the first thing i will say is that pretty much from what you heard triple h say during the press conference after the pay-per-view and off the air is pretty is 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 true uh the deal came together very quickly and it's somewhat ironic that basically when all this rumored hubbub about punk showing up at chicago for survivor series was happening <clears throat> is there was no there's nothing on the table and then literally as it was dying down that's kind of when everything came together as far as a deal so it's kind of ironic how it's almost the polar opposite of that um the deal from what i understand was finalized the day of the pay-per-view and the initial plan was to have punk surprise at everybody at the rumble he was going to show up at the royal rumble as at the, presumably at this point a participant in the Royal Rumble match, but Triple H himself felt that um, 
that it would be too hard to keep that big a secret a secret. And they'd rather say, well, fuck it. Let's just do it here and let the cat out of the bag and, and really get a, a big reaction, which I mean, fucking Jesus Christ. You can't say like, say what you will about the guy, whether you love him or hate him. I fucking the, the amount of uh, <clears throat> social media influencer, like the uh, the impressions and everything, as far as like the media stuff, Jesus Christ, like, well, <clears throat> like numbers think, don't lie. I think the reaction that they got was what they were expecting from and right. it was Chicago. So you knew, I guarantee I you, last if, night, yeah. if it was in Cleveland, he probably would have gotten booed. <laughs> well, I, I, say, I, don't know about, I don't know about booed, but the point being is that, like, I 1,000% agree with Triple H's decision on that. Like, why the fuck would you try to, like, keep the secret, aqua- uh, keep this, like, you know, under wraps when knowing the nature of the beast, it's probably going to end up that way where it's like, hey, fuck it, you live in Chicago. Do you come in for, like, this quick segment and, like, this this, this big thing? <clears throat> um, so so the- I, don't, I don't blame I don't blame him for that. There's one thing I will say, and I'm, I was gonna say it. Our result also typed it in the chat. This was when, like it's such a weird. I get they want to strike while the iron's hot. They don't want the cat to be out of the bag. They don't want to be catching up to the dirt sheets, and they want to surprise everybody. And I applaud them for doing that. But it was such a weird thing that he just shows up at the end of the fucking. It's not to call anybody out. He's just coming out there to say hello at the end of the fucking Survivor Series War Games. Not only did it put, like, a blanket over the fucking whole pay-per-view as being, oh, it's the time when CM Punk came back more than it's anything about anything that happened in the ring with anybody there. Yeah. Uh, it does. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of the wrestlers, especially. I think especially... that's why Seth is pissed off and Drew is pissed off. Well, I'm going to get to that. I think, I think, I think <clears throat> that happening kind of and I, I so i will say this and then i'll let connor do his i, I got one more he, thing to say too before connor okay gets crazy. Uh, <laughs> he has some apologizing to do he has a lot of apologizing to do and, and personally i think what triple h should do is have him fucking lose <clears throat> for a year straight i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck who he is he needs to take it on the chin like the fucking man that they say that he says he is and take take some losses because uh, no, he deserves he deserves it. No, he's getting the belt. The, the the way yeah, I mean when it comes down I'm kidding, to it. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, when it comes down to it there's 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 a large percent chance that this is a failure, right? It was a failure with AEW. Uh, it was just a pop, and then everything that came afterwards was kind of shit in your pants. With yeah. WWE, there's, in my mind, there's one thing they need to do, and anything else short of that will probably be a, a fat failure. No matter what you think about the guy, no matter how much you want him to lose or anything like that, as a business de- decision, he has to be the biggest fucking heel in the company immediately. Not only the heel to the roster, he's <clears> going <throat> to be a heel to the fans. He's got to embrace what everyone thinks he is <laughs> and run with it. And he, and he can do it. Yeah, he can, he do, can it. do it because he can talk on the mic and he can fucking be that bad guy. He has to be hated by pretty <clears> much everybody except for fucking Chicago. And that's the only way, yeah, that's the only way you're going to get your worth out of his signing. In all honesty. He can run run over a baby in Chicago and they fucking cheer him. (laughs) Honestly, probably would. At the end of it, at the end of it, it, the fans will start warming up to him as long as he 
he embraces the sock. I need him to be a piece of shit. Like, I need him to be himself, okay? I need him to be Hold a on. piece of I shit. That was, that, was, that was a great fucking line, as long as he embraces the suck. What I mean by embraces the suck is he 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 doesn't you mean. get... Like, he, he, no, no, no. I, 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 I'm not mad about that. Shut him down. The decision... I think, I think he he has got by him by him taking it on the chin. I might warm up to the fact that maybe he is a changed person because Triple H did say in his presser, "I was a different person ten years ago. He was a different person ten years ago." I don't think Triple H is going to bring him back <clears throat> if he thought that he was going to cause problems. So so. This move right here is pure business. It's and it's like fucking. It's completely. It doesn't have nothing to do with the roster. The Triple H is making this decision based on what's best for business, because the loss that they might have with him joining the roster, as long as it doesn't equate to a loss of staff and people leave because he's there, uh, and it's just like oh you like as long as he comes in and does his work, wrestlers can hate him. I don't give a shit. Right, like Triple H is not thinking about the other people. He didn't. He's not consulting fucking Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre and all these guys. At least that's what it sounds like with this decision. And if he's making that decision to bring him in now, then ro- run with it, roll with it, let him be the guy he needs to be, so that you can get the worth out of him what you're signing for the next year at least. Because he doesn't have much left on the clock in terms of wrestling. He's pretty shit. He's old. He's he's old, and it shows when he wrestles. Agreed. But his mic work is good, and it can be great if given the right role. And you can really get that, like, you can get some gold out of CM Punk for, like, a year or two. Same way I thought with AEW when they brought him in. And then they fucking shit all over the bed with him and tried to make him, like, oh, he's going to develop young talent. This is – no, there's no need to do that with this guy. (laughs) You bring him in to capitalize on him. Because that he's going to be a money making machine if Lesnar. done well. If, if done well, yeah, it's just like it, it, yeah. If, if it, well. it's it's just it all depends on how they handle him moving forward. But I think I give it like a twenty five percent chance at being something that will elevate everything, and a seventy five percent chance of falling on its face. <laughs> so it is, from what I have heard, it is a multi year deal. Whether it's two or three, not sure. I would have, I would assume. Three, because usually WWE does like their initial goings are usually three year deals, but it could be a two year deal. But at least it is multiple years. Um, like I said, the deal has been finalized as of the pay per view, uh, and I don't know the details as far as like, if he's part time, full time, whatever. I'll tell you right now, there's no fucking way he's doing house shows. I I no. I, I do not see him doing house. Nor shows. should he I be full time. <clears throat> no, and I agree with that too. I, I would assume that he's probably going to be on more of a Brock Lesnar esque schedule. But we'll see how that plays out. He is obviously now, since well, been hundred percent confirmed, he's going to be on Raw with Orton this uh, on Raw this Monday. I will say this: you do need to treat him as a as an attraction. Yeah, you yeah, can't, so you can't have him show up every fucking week unless he's in a feud for <clears throat> build to something. Yeah, but I'm not going to. You can't you can't have him every week. And that's what people are gonna be like, Well, come we're not seeing CM Punk. It's been two months. 
what what is he going to do? He's going to come out. He's going to say something, and that's it. So uh, the, the the interesting note that I found out while well, in the midst of all the research was that apparently <clears throat> TNA made an offer. They actually tried to make an offer with CM Punk, but ob- and, and and Punk supposedly again take these pieces with grains of salt. Uh, molded over he had been backstage at several impact wrestling tapings in the past when he was with AEW, and he had pulled up a good rapport with them they did you know give him a, an offer but obviously they were like you know when once WWE got in the conversation it's like well we can't compete with their money and they and they kind of understood that and they're like you know we're, we, we understand wish him the best etc and so forth like it, you know it is it was what it was they they know very full well where they stood financially but i did find that very interesting that tna at least tried to make an attempt to get punk uh supposedly they tried to get him before bound for glory back in october but um <clears throat> but they obviously things didn't uh didn't pan out and didn't work out for it's, it's, numerous reasons it's crazy because like he, we had this conversation when he returned and he went to aew and it's like there was one clear place for him to come back to and that's where all of his history is from and the only place he'd really have anything to do like he had, yep. he was destined to go back to WWE. If he was destined to return to wrestling. And that's why the mm. AEW shit was a pop and nothing more. Because mm. after the pop of him showing up, they didn't have anything that involved him from the past. So what did they do? They just threw him against fucking randos. Here, I mean, you could, I could see CM Punk and fucking if John Cena, I don't know, I thought, I thought he got his arm surgerized or something. I don't know what the fuck's happening with that guy. He did. But yeah, if he's, he's available to wrestle at some point in time in the future, I could see them having a match. And there's there's so many things. The match doesn't matter. It's the, the history and the closing off of that story that you can so, do. So one thing I think I mentioned as we were watching the thing was that I, I found very intriguing was Triple H had a had, had said something. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm going to fucking butcher it. But Triple H said something to the effect of like CM Punk, one of CM Punk's strongest traits is getting people talking about himself. Yes. yes. And and he basically said without saying it that like that's what WWE's going to look to capitalize, which is fucking smart. Like, okay, so CM Punk is always like his persona up until this point is always well, up <clears> on, <throat> like his, during his most famous time was him against the machine against the man. Now it has to be him against the people. Honestly, that's that's what I want. Uh, anything shy of that. that will be a disappointment because he that's his character that's the one thing he's known for is like standing up the pipe bomb fucking even when he went to AEW, he had these fucking like pro-abortion shirts and shit like that like you want this guy to be standing up against something and with all the bad press he's got what better thing to do than make him be against the fans Exactly. So the problem that I have with him is he called. I mean, he shit all over the fans. He's and it's like, perfect fans... for him to come back and do the same. Exactly, exactly. My problem with him is he shit all over the fans, and he called everybody who's a fan of wrestling a mark, which that's not true. We are fa- I am a fan of wrestling. I watch. I've been watching wrestling longer than CM Punk's been alive. Okay. So I I, I just want the product to be great. Has it been great over the last few years? No, but it's coming around to being pretty fucking good again. Where there there it's intriguing. Where wrestling has become more about the fight between two guys 
where WWE—it's UFC on steroids, if I could use that term, where they can actually cut promos on each other. Where UFC, they just have a face-off after the weigh-in, and that's it. But it's also like it's pre-planned so that storylines pay off. In UFC, it's like some guy talks shit the whole time and then gets his fucking his fucking dick chopped off in two seconds. Right. Right. <laughs> Val Venus. Um, but I, if CM Punk can come there, just do what he's asked. Do what we tell you to do. I have no problems with him. Yep. I, yeah. I don't want to hear this shit because, you know, I listened to Jim Cornette and there were reports out, people saying, telling C. And is it this? These are the fucking producers backstage telling CM Punk, hey, you need to go talk to Jack Perry because he wants to do this. Why are you putting CM Punk? And this is where I okay, I, yeah, I, I, I would CM not Punk. use I, why, are you putting, why are you putting CM Punk in that position? Is he does he run the fucking company? The why? AEW and WWE are very different. One is run <clears throat> by adults, yeah. the other is run by kids. Uh, sure. when it comes down to it with CM Punk, at best you get a great talker, potentially like a returning face of the company. And a great merch mover. At yeah. worst, you get stage four cancer. So it's, oh. it's like well, a, it's a pretty big risk. Breaking to the rooftops is going to happen. So, so to, to Basement's point, that's kind of what I was thinking of at first. I'm like, well, what's going to change versus the two months ago where he was with AEW? Even then, yeah, two very different companies in terms of how they're run and all that stuff. And, and you know, case in point, you know, WWE is not the same company it was a year ago, right? With right. the with the with the TKO and the Endeavor merger and all that bullshit. Because um, now, granted, this might be a, a little apples to oranges example, but like Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle was like, "Nope, you're out, boom, bye." Not that he was like a top star per se, but that to me was sort of sending a message, a little bit of. We're not tolerating any bullshit. Yeah, the behavior you, ain't being tolerated. Right. So if you're if you're pulling any of the shit, you're out. Like we don't care where you are on the fucking card. And I think we all in agreement, WWE does not need CM Punk. No. No. So it's not like it's not the heyday of like, oh, you're a top star or top talent. You're, no, you like I, I he'll he'll get his legs cut out from fucking underneath him if he pulls any of the shit that he pulled before the AEW. So the only other thing I'll just I'll just also relay this too is um, <clears throat> a couple other quick notes. I'll try to paraphrase this as much as I can. Um, talent reception. So a lot of people obviously were looking at what the fuck happened with the footage of Drew McIntyre leaving the, the, the arena pretty disheveled and disgruntled. And obviously the flip out of Seth Rollins. Now, supposedly it's all a work. Supposed, I, I suppo would love supposedly. that if it because I, like, Seth Rollins is on what brand? Raw, raw, and I, like as soon as I saw that stuff with Seth Rollins like flipping out, I Seth Rollins is pretty big company man. I was like, and he and honestly with the how how good he is and it's like promo work and stuff like that, I'm like yeah this could definitely be leading to a match between the two and that would be very interesting. Yeah. So suppose it could be the cash in that that happens, especially with him so, going on the live event and talking right. shit too. Because 
yeah. So, so, so this is where things are getting a little bit dicey. And again, take this with a grain of salt. Triple H did say that, or it's been reported that Triple H only told a very small handful of people about, about Punk showing up. Uh, in fact, so much so that like he gave the signal to throw the lower third at the end of the pay-per-view and then pull the fucking takeover thing of like the, the Marvel post credit scene where Punk shows up afterwards. You can tell it was right out of the NXT like takeover playbook. But um, allegedly he did tell some of the top talent that were in the men's war game match as far as the changing of the of the end to having Punk come out. Now, I don't know how that affected the changing of the booking of the war games match, or if it did that change that at all, it probably changed but... nothing to do with the actual in ring match. I don't no, think. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't, wouldn't think so. But one big thing that, you know, as far as like talents reaction to, to, to punk being back, some people are pissed. Some people are like, whatever. And some people are kind of like, well, let's see how this plays out. The biggest thing that to kind of go back with is that like, obviously there's concern about like, well, Triple H pulling this bullshit without like kind of letting people know. And it kind of goes back to what Basement was kind of alluding to earlier of this whole like, yeah, we get like the idea of like trying to keep it hush hush and like blowing the roof off of the place and the element of surprise, which fuck, I'll be honest, day and age in wrestling nowadays is, is a fucking hard thing to pull off. Mm-hmm. But they did. But at the same time, there's always there's also concern that that could backfire where it could shake a little bit of the trust that some talent that Triple H has been trying to nurture to kind of like, you know, build up and and, and hype up where they interject CM Punk literally out of left field and where this could where where this involves. I mean, I don't think you're going to see people walking, but it could explain why Drew McIntyre acted the way he did, because he left before Punk came out. So he could have been one of the ones that was. Yeah, you don't want to hurt your current talent relations by bringing someone in like this. Like, that is a really bad case, especially like Seth Rollins, who you bank a lot of things on. Let alone as quietly as they did too. So there's a little bit of like that dishevelment too. Um, I do feel like though the Seth Rollins and and, uh, CM Punk thing is gonna equate to a match, and that's gonna be Seth being the everyday worker. He is the working champion. Uh, versus the guy that goes and comes when he wants, like that'll be the the if, basis if for that storyline. In my opinion, if you don't see Seth versus Punk being built now for a match at Rumble, that's your main match yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. So in my opinion, and that's and, 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 and personally, I, think, I, think, I don't want Mania. Give me it at the Rumble because I same. still want Gunter to take the belt from Seth at I, Mania. Oh, I think Damian Priest will cash in. <clears throat> I could see that happening. I actually could see CM I could see CM Punk versus Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble and have even like whoever wins between the two have them lose to Priest who comes in at the end when if they go through like a barn burner uh, then have that happen. Yeah. I mean, you could write it in very different ways but like I I personally on the side of Seth Rollins reaction being a work I hope so more than yeah, an it, actual it, reaction. I think it's actually a work as well. I mean, I mean, kudos. I mean, they I mean, might not like each other, but Seth Rollins is a professional. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's gonna. Well, to say that crazy. They did work together during that whole. Punk was the leader, the hidden leader of the Shield. Well, that's what they were gonna go with, but they decided against it. 
Yeah. And on top of that, Seth, like, like Baseman said, is a professional <laughs> enough to work best. I mean, you know, he had a problem with Riddle and they squashed that and they did business together. And so I wouldn't be, wouldn't be opposed to that. Plus the match itself. I'm not saying CM Punk's I mean, if you're going to put him with someone, if you're going to put him with someone, you know, yeah, yeah, did, you see what, did you see what Riddle tweeted though? Yeah. He's like, you yeah. thought he had a problem with me. <laughs> you got this guy. Funny. I actually um, think like the issues with AEW, like I, I think they're legitimate, but I think a lot of people gloss over the fact that AEW is run by a fucking ch- couple chimpanzees. Like the, yeah. the company is so haphazard that uh, – and I also think like – okay, so Punk had a problem with WWE, right? He left, and he left wrestling. And then when he came back to wrestling, he went to AEW, and I think he found out that like the status of wrestling companies and how they run – are very different and oh, yeah. uh, you know like being in uh, the returning to wrestling with the name uh, that he had and being in AEW and then being like what the fuck is going on here and us uh, like like jp said having to consult fucking jack but why is he talking to him what why are your talent doing the jobs of what your manager should be doing correct so that won't happen in wwe that doesn't mean it won't be a train wreck I don't think any of us are predicting exactly how this is going to go. There is yeah. a very good side of things, and there is a way that it just falls flat on its face. But yep. theres I don't think there's any way where it's going to end up in between. No. Yep. So, I, okay, last la- last little thing I'll throw out there before we move on. Uh, aside, so I think I think Punk versus Seth is, is safe to say either going to happen or we would all like to be to see it because that's the match like that, that just writes itself. Give me three other people in WWE that you'd like to see CM Punk in a match with. Randy Orton. Put him back Ooh, with John okay. Cena, man. In the future, because <clears throat> there's a I lot of history there. The match don't would be want shit. To see him and Roman Reigns, because that would just no be a keep them. Uh, he could. I I wouldn't mind seeing him against Kevin Owens. Any good worker, he needs you, a good worker just, to be you, with. You just have a hot AJ up. Styles, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn. So, Any anybody that so. can work well in the ring. Cody Rhodes. Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes would be a good one because there's AEW history. Yeah, I, I think you know, it's funny. I was thinking about like where he could fit in the Mania card, and pres- let, let's assume that like none of the plans for Mania get affected by him coming in, which I would hope the fuck not. I would put him in the ring with Styles at Mania. That I think yeah. would be a perfect high enough profile match. You mm-hmm. know it's going to deliver at least on the basic level because of Styles. And to my knowledge, outside of Ring of Honor, they've never touched. Yeah, well, he, he basically needs to wrestle <clears throat> guys that can work in the ring. Because he can still yeah. work, but it's bad. <laughs> he needs help. <laughs> so you, you don't want the in-ring product it's to be older. shit. But he can, yeah, exactly. But is it seems like age has fucking destroyed this man. Like, <laughs> like I saw him wrestle in AEW, and I was like, oh my fucking Christ! Well, I was about to say. Plus, he's been injured a couple of times in AEW already. So, I mean, you want to kind of like well, he turned into a lesbian and got his ass beat in fucking UFC. <laughs> this is why I say Randy Orton would be the perfect opponent for him. Because Randy Another Orton keeps the match slow. Yep. Ooh, it might be too and slow though with those two. But I, I agree. I think they they could work well together. There's a bunch of people he could uh, go face to face with. The one thing he brings that a lot of wrestlers don't is the mic work, which is something so hard to come across. Like he is a much he's a better version of the Miz. He's think, better on the I mic think, and better in the think, ring even now than the Miz is. I think at the end of his run, he will then go into the WWE Hall. I mean, as long as things the- go well. 
<laughs> Which I'm pretty sure, like, honestly, like, I think they will. Even, I don't think there's going to be this, like, blow up of, like... I feel like we're all treating his contract like fucking it's on tissue paper right now. <laughs> yeah, but I just... I don't feel like the, like the attitude problem will explode. Because you got to look at it from another point point of view like this is where's he gonna go this is yeah outside of this you you fuck this up where you yeah you'll go to tna you know like, just what is he doing fucking cm punk world tour he's gonna be an njpw by the time he's 70 mm-hmm. right all right, good stuff. Let us know your thoughts about Punk too, because we want to definitely hear your thoughts in the chiz at. Um, and then I know JP Punk for prob- his whole locker room. <clears throat> I mean, shit, they've done, they've already done. They did a match in in before where it was Randy Orton and John Cena versus the entire Raw locker. Oh God, guys, we forgot Punk versus Ryback. Oh, oh God, God yes. <laughs> bring Ryback back. Oh, too bad, Ryback now. Ryback at the it's Rumble. Great. He he only he he said I right back said he would retire from wrestling if CM Punk returned. I'm gonna only, tell you only if it was AEW. I, I, I was about to say I will kind of I will like chuckle and give him a little bit of credit. He's like, no, it was a he had to return to AEW. I'm like, you <laughs> dick. Right back I have I have to set my hat to that one. Right back for CM Punk tables match. They did that. I know well, that's someone who was like he was, fucking injured me. <laughs> I was listening to Solomon and he basically says like, not for nothing. Don't you have to be in a fuck? Don't you have to be uh, fucking in a ring to be a wrestler? Who's the, when's the last time we actually saw Ryback fucking wrestle? Yeah, and what? Do you, uh, the, the, okay, the last time I saw I saw Ryback, uh, it was on Twitter making out with Shrek. Yeah. So, I don't know if anybody what? else saw that. <laughs> that fucking filter that you need on Instagram or Snapchat. It's Shrek on top of you. Oh god, I just found it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> Uh, this last bit, uh, so we're going to switch gears here from punk and wrestling since I think we covered enough of it. Um, this one I know is near and dear to JP, sorry, because JP is the one who is spearheading the Star Wars roundtable. Shout out, cheap uh, plug there. Um, which we'll be back with, what, Rogue One is next Saturday, Rogue right? Yep. Yep. Uh, we've already done the first three episodes. We did do Solo, so you can check those out on all your favorite platforms. But um, <clears throat> Dave Filoni. Our Lord and Savior has taken the helm as the main manager for all he's, Star Wars he's, content. He's the Triple H of Disney. Yep. He's the, Star Wars he's the creative content. He's so, a content creator. So he worst, is... Worst best, decision they could have made. No. no. <laughs> best the, best decision they the could have made. Best decision that they made. So he can override anything Kathleen Kennedy says now. Put a so if she her. says we have to do this, he's gonna look at her like, "No, we're not putting a chick in her. Chick in her. Not making her leave it. We're not making her gay. Not happening." I didn't so, see the gift until just now. I think, well, this Dave Filoni worked in direct correlation with George. <clears throat> so everything George Lucas knows, Filoni Dave knows. Filoni knows. Well, the the good thing with Dave Filoni is he's written, like he he's part of the actual fucking Star Wars lore. I, I'm pretty sure isn't he like responsible for the character of Ahsoka? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you get like the super fan. He, he he is he is the creator of the Mandalorian. So so what I'm he looking is forward a to really good. He the reason I like Dave Filoni is he doesn't give anything away. Yes, he's about as close he to George Lucas as you can fucking get to. He doesn't fucking tell you shit. He tells you everything without telling you nothing. So you stand there and you go, well, <clears throat> let's speculate, which is he does a great job because then you get this interaction with the fans. They're like, well, maybe he might do this. And then you get that cre- fan creation, you know, those fan um, fan films that mm-hmm. is that basically what Star Wars is built on. You know that expansion universe. That well, I mean that that's essentially basically? that's essentially that is, that is Dave Filoni loves that. Shit. Well, that's essentially what he did. It just happened to because of his where he was within Disney and with the, you know with Disney within fucking Star Wars uh, that like it ended up being part of the fucking actual lore. Like he is very much a fucking fan filmmaker. It was just he had the know-how and the money to make it part of the fucking lore. What I'm hoping for when it comes to Star Wars is to get back to the stories they're telling. Not the fucking bullshit. Well, like, they, they the last... The right yeah, that, that, that's, where my, that's where my hope is, really, because the last trilogy, the story was absolute ass. I mean, there was... There was, there was a story there, but it was just so fucking chopped up and mangled... That by the end I was like I don't really know what the fuck I'm. Yeah, watching. we'll we'll get to so, that when. But like this is this is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping they give back to telling Star Wars stories, not yeah. Star Wars. Uh, it's the universe of Star Wars reflecting identity politics. I don't want yeah. that. Nobody wants yeah, that. I, mean, I I agree, and I think Dave Filoni. There will be those kind of things, but they won't be the central to the story. But so as long real- okay, you can. T- I just identity politics in films and shit like that most of the time is insertions. It's it's not like we're gonna have uh fucking we can have a trans character, but that's all their character is is trans. Like you have a character, you have some sort of actual storyline built around this character. Them being trans is just a fucking byproduct. That is where they need to go back to, not this fucking insertion. And be like, look at this, look at this, look how inclusive we are. Look at the force is female. The force is fucking the force. It's not female, you dumb bitch. Right. Just just real quick in terms of his credentials, uh, Filoni has pretty much served on everything that – almost everything that wasn't like the main (laughs) movies of Star Wars. So it looked like he was – the initial director for well, I just had it here. God damn it! Uh, the Clone Wars, uh, the, the Clone Wars animated movie, and then eventually the Clone Wars. He, animated he's the show. expanded universe yep. guy. He like fleshed out yep. all of Star Wars. He did. Um, he's done. Let's see what else we got here. Did Star Wars Rebels uh, for all four of his seasons as the executive producer, and then obviously more notably, he also as as um, as uh, JP just mentioned, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew. Um, looks like Bad he was Batch. also doing work on the Bad Batch. Yep, and then um, it sounds like it says in April 2023 it was announced he would be directing a Star Wars film, closing out these interconnected stories with a focus on the New Republic. He's very, oh. very good at like interweaving these smaller stories into everything. You know where he came from? He came from the Last Airbender, Italy. Yeah, I I, I just read that just now, and I'm like, <laughs> God damn it! Uh, the Last no, Airbender. Actually, 
is great. Yeah, yeah that's about all, honestly. That was him. Like, I have no problem with Dave Filoni. I think he's like my only my only worry is that it's like oh we they're they're kind of being like we promoted him to be like trust us please trust us i just i just don't need to steer the ship shit i mean yeah he seems like he's he's more than qualified and i mean granted i i I haven't seen i haven't watched ahsoka yet i still am fucking gonna catch up but i've seen i've seen I've seen Mando, I've seen Book of Boba, and even though we were all like, Book of Boba's kind of like, eh, still fucking, I still enjoyed it. I haven't seen it. It's all right. Yeah, it's, but my point is, is that like, I've seen enough of his work without having seen all of his work to know that like, it's, I, I trust them. I think it's a good, I think it's a smart move. And I know JP would love to gobble on him. It's basically, like, it's putting a fan that knows the fandom and knows the material and knows all of it in charge versus somebody that was kind of like I'm going to use a term that I don't really care for virtue signaling right. <laughs> as like uh, yeah, the head, the, the head of the fucking corporation being like oh the world is going this way so let's let's change our product to fit that right. no 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 never do that please God uh, I, I I'm just uh, like it, this brings me some hope because i love star wars and i do feel like it lost its way kind of um there's the possibility this is the cm punk thing man the possibility of having something great is huge but you have to like care for it you can't just throw shit out there Right. We're also part of a generation that has been fucked over creatively with some of these major properties before oh yeah marvel so man. I, uh, man, that cough is fucking killer. Uh, so it's it's right to be skeptical. Yep, yeah. I, I I get it, but I I would trust more with Dave Filoni than I would anything else. Yeah, I agree I, I with think... that. Sorry, go and ahead. Then, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna head out actually. But, uh, All right, there you go. Let the force be with you. Of Dave Filoni. Coming more. May the force be with you. Yeah, I'm going to bed. Have a good night, force guys. It in there. Uh, you, you force it in there. It's when it comes down to it, you want somebody who's been on the inside of the franchise for as many years as Dave Filoni has, because he's literally one of a handful of people that are actually going to know what the actual focus of this story from the start was. But he he also loves it, and yeah. he's he, he's not. This is a big problem with a lot of modern day writers. It, it's I see it more with women writers. I'm not trying to be sexist, but the self inserting <laughs> uh, uh, that kind of has ruined a lot of franchises. Where it's uh-huh. like I'm going to put myself in this movie uh, or video game or whatever it is, and it's like no no no. I mean he created Ahsoka, which is. Like it was a young fucking Twi'lek girl or whatever. I think that's what their names are, right? Yes. Yeah. Twi'lek. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, like completely different than what he is. So it's like when you can tell a story that doesn't involve you, you can probably tell a pretty good story. But I've seen so many self inserts in the last fucking five years, especially that right. have ruined things. Velma. <laughs> I don't really care about Scooby Doo, but Jesus Christ, was that one of the biggest fucking 
problems with self inserts. No, oh, JP's back. Jinkies, yo. Sorry. <laughs> Blow it out, yeah, it's just, Everything that's been going on with Hollywood down to the with this shit is just like, no, I'm done. I, I, I'll go back and watch old movies. I don't care. They were more entertaining. But you see how long it took. I think we're at that turning point too because there's there's so many franchises. Star Wars is just one of them that got hit with it. Uh, Indiana Jones was – well, Indiana Jones failed and then doubled down and turned even worse. Yes. So like it's just uh, – I don't know. Like the, there's like – there's this push in Hollywood to make movies for no one by trying to yeah. make movies for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and Indiana Jones and Star Wars, they're both under Kathleen Kennedy. So yeah. There's she, a clue for you. Yeah, she's Hollywood. obviously a problem. I mean, okay. when it comes to uh, the MCU, and I hope Star Wars goes with a more um, restrained approach, not like Marvel for a while there. They were just shitting things out constantly. And I think Marvel is yeah. going to reel back quite a bit too. I didn't know we talked about them doing like only one movie next year, uh, but I think they're they're going to be forced to reel back because it's killing their brand. Oh god, yeah. I mean, it's killing the industry in and of itself. That is true. It's killing also the uh, the yeah. actual theater industry. Yes. Because – and it's weird because I saw this thing, right, where people were like, well, you know, the thing that kept the theater industry alive was Marvel. I'm like, I think Marvel was the thing that actually killed the theater industry. It that capitalized on – more to movie theaters than Broadway. No, 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 no. Like, I'm talking about the movie theater industry because though okay. it had huge theater movie theater numbers – it became such a dominating force where nothing else could breathe that when you when that will inevitably fail, people will stop going to the theaters for anything else. It kind of like it sucked the oxygen out of any other movie type. <laughs> and like, you know, eventually when people got tired of the Marvel movies or superhero movies, they didn't they're not gonna go as much, but they're not gonna go as much to anything. So as many like I and the thing I saw was like, oh, they reinvigorated. They changed the theater, the movie theater scene. I'm like, they actually damaged it by oversaturating, and then of course implementing the straight to streaming same day release as theater. They spiked. COVID. They spiked the industry to like be. Yeah. They they really fucking killed it for like ten years, <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. all right, now it's uh, now we're leaving it, and it's yeah. dead. But I hope Star Wars doesn't get into that pattern. I feel I feel pretty confident with Dave Filoni. Uh, as far as Star Wars, or sorry, as far as the MCU goes, I think they're in like repair mode. I hope to God, and they have yes. to stop hiring. The MCU keeps hiring these fucking unproven directors because they like. And I saw this on something else. I can't remember where it was, but it's like they cast directors. They don't hire. It's like we're gonna bring in this director for their name, their uh, what minorities they hit, and they're gonna have one movie under their belt that was like some indie garbage, um, yeah. and then we're gonna make them. We're gonna give them three hundred million dollars to make a movie that we basically pull the puppet strings on them. <laughs> this is why, like a fucking what's what's her face? The girl that directed the Marvels was like, as soon as she was she wrapped the movie, she walked out of there. She's like, I'm gonna make another one. Because I'm pretty goddamn sure, like, she yeah. was the one, she was the face director, 
but the director was the overarching monster behind her. That was like, you gotta do this, you gotta fit this in, you gotta do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And it doesn't that's, help. In or out, well. That's the one hope I have for uh, the DCU with James Gunn. If he can... Yeah. If he can practice restraint and not dip his dick in everything that they're making. Is that, is that, is that James Gunn's dick? <laughs> what? Um, the only other thing we have on here is the note about the company. Yeah, okay. Um, real quick on the Marvel note, though, just to kind of follow up on that real quick while we're killing for time. Uh, I, I think that Marvel has... It's it's a weird it, it's a weird dichotomy with them in the in the theater industry. I think on one hand they brought it out of the darkness after COVID, but then at the same time also did just as much to damage it. So it's it's a double edged sword. I, I feel like they did okay. So they made they made superhero movies, but superhero movies were detrimental overall to film mm-hmm. because they overtook everything. And yeah. then now you're trying to recover from that where people won't go watch like regular drama movies or anything like that. It, it was like, oh, we can only watch fucking superhero movies or big summer blockbusters. So there's going to be a recovery time. Um, I don't know. When it comes to superhero movies, I don't know what Marvel's going to do because they've dug themselves a pretty deep hole. And I don't know. Like I we, think the reboot's gonna have to be a thing, and I, I think that like I, I don't I think, I think like that idea. I, I'm not saying I, I'm not I, I'm not saying I like it either. But we'll we'll, we'll talk more about Marvel stuff. Well, trust honestly, me. Honestly, what I would do, it. what I would do, just go back to what when was the first Iron Man? When did that come out? Oh wait, oh wait. Honestly, don't reboot. Just go, go to Earth eight one one C. Oh wait. And just do the X-Men story. Honestly, like that's a reboot technically, but it's not. It's like you're re- you're changing oh, well, the franchise, but you're kind of resetting things. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant by a reboot, like in terms of like the, the Secret Wars angle creatively gives them the, the freedom to, to, to leave the door wide fucking open in order to kind of – <laughs> for better for a better analogy or worse, etch a sketch, erase everything. <laughs> but they're, they're kind of start fresh, for lack of a better phrase. They're gonna try to patchwork in the X Men to this fucking what is essentially the failed part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's yeah. gonna be to a detriment of the X Men storyline. And hell, the, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, mild spoilers. Um, I know. I'll try and keep it. Fuck. <laughs> the the uh, for those who haven't seen the Marvels and where we drew, uh, the end credit scene, the post end credit scene for the Marvels does involve an X Men cameo, yeah, and which is I I don't what a stupid it, it's a weird stupid it's a we- fucking decision. Uh, I think I think okay, you're gonna first of all, I'm not defending it. They they <laughs> they pretty much toss that movie out like bad meat. Like they they just threw it out there to the wolves. Nobody really cared for it. Even if it was a good movie, it wouldn't have had a very much like a very big audience. But it's apparently not. And apparently the movie seems like it was destroyed on the cutting room floor. But then to integrate like the future 
of what you're trying to accomplish on one of the worst projects you're putting out seems like a fucking idiotic idea. <laughs> a lot of times, yes. Yeah, I, I it's it's getting it's getting trickier, but I will say this for for every Marvels that comes out, Loki season 2 which Mother I still have God. to watch it. I still have to watch it. Ooh, it's mm, it's damn it's damn it's damn good. It is very damn good. Although I will say I had to rewatch a couple of uh conversational pieces at the end of the of the last episode because Br- Brain Amno works so good. And I mean I, I like I think Loki season one for me was probably my favorite uh Disney Plus show for Marvel. Yeah, that, that this made me switch up my order, and you know how much I, I you know how much I, I suck off Captain America. Yeah, yeah, is, you need to do better, Connor. <laughs> Man, that's not fucking irony. Um, but anyway, the, 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 we can go on that for fucking hours. But the last, yeah. the only other thing we have here on the on the show is the uh, the animation department with the creators of uh, Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run are apparently running out of clay. <laughs> Like, there is a specific type of clay that they use for stop motion animation or claymation. Um, and the only place that made this, it's neoplasticine. The company that invented this stuff and made it ended up having to be shut down. And Damn. The studio the studio bought everything that they had left in their warehouse. And now they're they have in they literally have only enough clay left to do another Wallace and Gromit movie. I have a question. Isn't it yes. all reusable? I don't think <laughs> I probably don't think not. So. Like I mean the, the the character of Wallace and Gromit, like once they're made, you can kind of just keep using it. Does it deteriorate or something? Like I, it's a it. What it is is this clay because of the near plastic molecules that are in it. It holds its shape for such a long time that it would be very hard to rework it into anything else. And with Wallace and Gromit, they do a wide range of different stories. I mean, they have one where fucking Wallace ends up turning into a werewolf because he was bitten by the were bunny. I miss those movies. The, the <laughs> company you know, that makes the fucking shit is gone, gone under. But it's not like that, like... I mean... I don't know how popular Wallace and Gromit is or how popular the studio is that produces it. So I don't know how much money it would take to like get something up and running that could produce that clay. That's, that's actually that's what this studio is trying to do. They're trying to figure out the formula so they could just make it themselves. Hmm. I mean, I've never really I watched Chicken Run. I've never really watched Wallace and Gromit. I love I've seen a couple things with Wallace and Gromit, like snippets. But I've never watched the full thing. Chicken Run was fun. Chicken Run was a lot of fun. They are doing a sequel to that movie. It's all, it's already uh <laughs> fucking hot. twenty years later. <laughs> <It's> okay. 
Oh, speaking of movies, real quick, um, just on a side tangent here. Uh, do you guys see the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie coming out? I saw it. I did not have the sound on it. I just watched a pretty pictures move. Um, I did not see it. It looks yet. interesting. Yeah, I didn't see. I, I didn't see the. I didn't see Afterlife. You should. It's it's pretty good. It's 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 not perfect, but they definitely they captured a lot of the the spirit of of the of the of the original two in terms of like just like and I also just hate that kid that's in say, every fucking movie. Say, if you love Stranger Things, then my God, fucking Finn, fucking Dick Face, Woodrock, whatever his name is, I, like that kid. I don't know. He was in, he's in everything. He's in uh, Stranger Things and he was in it. He's not like terrible or anything. It's just like, good God. I've seen enough of your face. Go away. <laughs> You're really <laughs> capitalizing on your 10 to 15 year old age. Mm. That, that sentence. Yeah. Also, I never really got what I wanted out of Ghostbusters, which was what should have happened. Like number two was a cash grab. Oh, absolutely. It was. But they could have made a better movie than that. I think a lot of the uh, I blame Bill Murray for most of it. But I mean, I the the concept I think is is the new one is that it there's like a massive like ice storm in the summertime in New York, and so visually it looks really neat. It's a it it's a drag. It's an ancient Chinese emperor who is also Mister Winter in a sense. Uh, it, it's pronounced Minta Winta. <laughs> Winta. Uh, Frogbine. <laughs> no, I have to watch Afterlife. I mean, I have nothing against, like, uh, most of the Ghostbusters movies were fun except for one. The women's I don't even watch the women's one. And, yeah, it, oh my it, god, it, it was bad. Yeah. It was, it was... I said, Where's all my wontons? <laughs> Why do you keep ordering from a place that never gives you the amount of wontons you want, you dumb piece of shit? <laughs> fucking hated that movie so much. I they, will freeze you all. Where I'm pretty sure they threw Bill Murray out of the window. Yeah, they That's, that I wouldn't have yeah. minded, but it was uh, that movie was so bad. Yeah, um, just as a movie, it was bad. It. I did not have to watch it to know it was going to be bad. When I sat there and fucking saw a clip of. The uh, Leslie, I think her real yeah, name is. Yeah, Leslie. Well, I don't know what the last name is. I don't remember it either. She had a ghost attached to her proton pack. And she's just like, I'm just going to leave. I, I had a day. I'm just going to leave. I honestly feel like the the, uh, the person that directed it was just like, we're going to do a lot of ad lib. So we're not going to write a script. But you girls are funny enough. And I'm not going to give you any direction. You would think with people like Leslie, Melissa, and fucking Kristen that it would have been fucking hilarious. Well, they you still need a script. It was just a lot of ad lib that went nowhere, and with the the script was whatever structure they had was terrible. Like, (laughs) and even visually, it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't know. The movie was shit. Yeah, I can tell you. Um, you know, just thinking. We haven't done we haven't done like bad movie watch alongs in a while, but maybe if we pick like a really shitty Christmas Hallmark movie. 
Uh, Hallmark? Yeah, uh, whatever. I'm down for anything. I've, I've been there, yearning there, for there, a bad you've movie. You've seen one Hallmark movie. You've seen them all. That's the, they that, never yeah. change. The only thing that changes are the actors and actresses. I've been yearning for a bad movie. <laughs> I was like, last time we watched a movie together, Connor, I don't think you were there. But I was like, man, let's watch one of those shit movies. We ended up, what did we end up watching, Heather? I can't remember what it was. But it wasn't shit. Uh, Champion. With Woody Harrelson. No, it's after that. Man, it was the last oh, I think we just ended up watching fucking wrestling. Yeah, you guys watched like NWA. Or yeah, or... I can't. I never again. No, we did that. We also watched the South Park special. Yeah, I was there for that one. That was fucking. We crazy. watched it once before without I, you. I was gonna say the last movie I remember watching together was Cocaine Bear. That was all right. It should have been better, but it, it delivered on this. Better. However, it did not go past what it was advertised to be, which was yeah. a good thing. Also, if you watch the trailer, you might as well not watch the movie. <laughs> and a lot of apparently, yeah. apparently all the uh, all the Hallmark movies are on Peacock. Good. Okay. Let's watch every single oh, Santa Claus Roundtable. There are three movies plus the series. Oh my god, there's a series. I yeah, I, I just heard about that too. Hold on, let me see. Worst. Hallmark Christmas movies. Here we go. Oh, beautiful. I found the 13 worst. All right, let's see what we got here. If any one of those movies, given how many shark movies there have been made, if none of them involve a shark, I'm out. <laughs> the top. <laughs> okay, so the, the apparently according to this this list, the top worst um, Hallmark Christmas movie is called A Christmas Wedding Tale, spelled T-A-I-L. In this Christmas special, a couple met in a weird way when their dogs met in the park and immediately make plans to be wed. This sounds <sighs> like Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians. Things are, things are more complicated. No, no, it's not the parents. It's the dogs. Things are more complicated than that, however, as the children of both parents have objections to the union on the grounds that they can't get along with each other as family. Therefore, it's up to... T oh, my God. Oh, this sentence it just makes me so happy. Whew. Give me a minute. Things are more complicated than that, however, as the children of both parents have objections to the union on the grounds that they can't get along with each other as family. Therefore, it's up to the telepathically communicating dogs <laughs> to bring the prospective family together in time for the biggest event that they may ever witness. Oh, that sentence right there, just fucking... A parody of Look Who's Talking. Give dogs. it to me. Inject um, it into my veins. The Santa, <laughs> the Santa incident. Who thought that a Hallmark Christmas movie would cross paths with secret agents and aliens? <laughs> in, in his 2010 <laughs> film... Huh, Oh, give me a minute. In this 2010 film, Homeland Security make mistakes, Santa, mistakes Santa's sleigh for an alien spacecraft, causing him to crash land in a small town while being pursued by a posse of scattered brain street as secret agents. Forced to create this Christmas magic he manufactures every year without his workshop or tools, he ends up turning the neighborhood into an impromptu toy factory. That sounds like a fucking sci-fi original special. That it does. Cheerful Christmas, Mr. Miracle, Santa Switch, Baby's First Christmas, Three Wise Women. Oh, that sounds promising. Oh, yeah. Battle of the Bulbs, Christmas in Harmony, Christmas Pageant, A Gingerbread Romance. Is that one of the Tamara twins? It is. Um, Holiday in Harlem. Holiday in 
Harlem. Oh, oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> I can hear oh. I can hear race shot races. <laughs> a holiday in Harlem was a charming movie that was released in 2021. However, it was one of the lowest rated Christmas movies for Hallmark of the year, starring Olivia Washington and Will Adams. The comedy follows two unsuspecting people who fall in love around Christmas time. Busy worker Jasmine Carter goes home for the holidays to please her grandmother, but winds up staying longer than she expected to help with her childhood neighborhood's Christmas jamboree. When she ran to an old friend, she realized being home for the holidays wasn't so bad after all. It sounds like the most generic fucking movie. It, it's Hallmark, dude. <laughs> I love it. I want it. Oh, a holiday in Harlem. Oh, God. I need to look and see if there's a trailer for this. You know there's going to be. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure is. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it, you doing that just reminded me of Samuel L. Jackson and the Capital One commercials where John Travolta is Santa. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I saw those commercials. I meant to bring those up. This, like, there's there's nothing, like, it just happens to be in Harlem. There's no, like, okay. That that looks like even lamer lean, but anyway, uh, that's all. That's that's all I got for this week. Uh, anything else, guys? We could watch "I'll Be Home for Christmas," starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh my god, I haven't watched that in. <laughs> that's an old one. That's an oldie. It oh, is, and it proved he was forever going to be a home improvement kid. Mm-hmm. We'll find some fucking horrible horse shit to watch very soon. Oh yeah, I, I know for sure. But I, I, I actually enjoy watching really bad movies. I do too. I mean, especially when you get to enjoy some extra calories. Hey, listen, and just breeze through it. I'm, I'm clearly a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, so I like to live on that spirit of. Maybe we'll do that for December. Uh, Fucking twelve days of shit movies. <laughs> Twelve days of shitmas. <laughs> Twelve days of shitmas. Yeah, there you go. Um, by the way, we are also dangerously getting close to a hundred episodes of No Bucks Given. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> um, if 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 we continue the path where nothing happens, and let's face it, something <laughs> will happen. Probably. Uh, we will probably hit the hundredth episode somewhere around. The January twenty first of, uh, of 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 twenty twenty four. That's the and again. That's provided that no delays or anything like that might happen. But we'll have to see. So I'll we'll have to start coming up with some ideas. Otherwise, it'll be delayed till probably fucking February. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Well, considering <laughs> I literally had to call you. Look, I had a massive fucking headache and took some ibuprofen and some horse, tra- horse tranquilizer. I almost said whore tranquilizer. That would have been fucking funny as hell. Uh, Wait, ROH has tranquilizers? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how they Tony keep Kong their fans special. around. TK special. <laughs> that's how they keep their fans around. I got them from, from Basements NXT. Yeah. Everybody in NXT had rabies. All right. Uh, <laughs> because I gave them to them. That's why they were in the um, cages. But anywho, um, 
yeah, so just something we'll we'll have to come up with some ideas for the hundredth episode for sure. But that's that's gonna be we're gonna blink and it's gonna be fucking even. Honestly, I, th- anyway. I feel like we could do the movie watch alongs on Wednesdays because we don't really have a game to play. We have Diablo, but that's gonna take us ten thousand years to get through. Time to play the game. Actually, not really. If we can go for longer than an hour on a night or two don't with forget, it, don't forget I'm I'm on your team. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying if we could go for longer than an hour or two, it shouldn't take us too much longer. Well, if we can beat Diablo in the next two weeks somehow, then we can do Wednesday, December, Wednesday shit fucking holiday movies. There we go. All right. Works for me. So make sure if you're a watcher listening, subscribe so you guys can keep along with all the crazy action. Um, Make sure you check out all the other cool stuff we did. HGGM mode and the like. Uh, and on that note, I think we're 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 good. Anything else, Baseman Heather? Before we wrap it up this evening? No, no. sir. All right, bitching. Uh, so until next time, y'all. Peace the fuck out. Whoa, <laughs>